Hello, my fanist friends. Welcome to my podcast feed. Powered by ACAS Plus, here's a joke from my son. What did the bum say to the other bum? That's a bummer. You know, not for everyone. Uh, so, uh, look, thanks to everyone who's come to see the previews of Can I Have My Ball Back. It's been going really, really well, and uh, I'm really pleased with how the show's turning out. It's officially on tour now from Wednesday. I'll be at the Leicester Square Theatre. A couple of tickets left. Lots of press coming to that one. It'd be lovely to sell out, but there are a few other London gigs not selling as well. So if you're going to come to London... Maybe look up those other London gigs. And then this week I'll be in St Albans on Thursday, Gloucester on Friday, Chorley on Saturday, which is sold out. You can join the waiting list. And Glasgow on Sunday, two shows. I think the earlier show is sold out. Check with the venue, but the later show has some availability. Come along if you can. If you enjoy these podcasts and like them being free, then the great way to pay me back is to buy a ticket to a show or buy a download or a book from gofasterstripe.com. But you can just keep listening for free as well. That pays me back also. So, you know, no no pressure. But I'd love to see you there. If you just know me from the podcast and don't know me as a stand-up, I'm pretty good as a stand-up. It's a good show. I think you're going to enjoy it. It's only made about seven men faint so far. So, you know, are you brave enough to take the challenge? Let's sit back, relax and enjoy whichever podcast you're listening to now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's been told he'll be sent off if he wears his armband. It's Richard Herring. Thank you very much. Hello. Hey, hello, Leicester Square Theatre. Hello. Welcome. Oh, thank you very much. A lovely, lovely, much better than last week's audience. Welcome. Keep on getting it wrong. Um... Welcome to uh, Rich Tony's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast. I was talking to David Beckham uh, the other day, uh, and uh, he said that the Qatar government has said he's, he's not allowed to say anything at all. But if he, but that Victoria calls it Rallastabas. So we'll see if that's going to catch. I, Jesus Christ, Qatar. I need a beer if I'm going to let someone bum me. Come on, what's wrong with you? Don't you know what football, being a football fan is all about? We'd, I'd watch it from home if I didn't want to get drunk and suck someone off. <laughs> uh, I, I watched the game this afternoon. We are uh, with this uh, England uh, won quite well, 6-2 six, six, or something like that. It's quite, I think that's a good win, uh, apparently. But uh, controversy over the uh, 
Oh, they're, they're, they're not wearing their rainbow armbands. They'd have got a yellow card if they'd worn them. Um, it's, I'm, I'm, I know I'm split because, of course, they took the knee beforehand, which is, is good, but then they didn't, they didn't do the, the armband. But, you know, if they're allowed to make gestures about they're not allowed to wear armbands, after taking the knee, couldn't they just, like, pretend to wank each other off, though? It was something like, well, while one of them's down. Just do, just do that. I mean, I would suggest actually wanking each other off, but... I wouldn't want the team to start all drowsy and everything. You know, they could... Maybe they could just wank off the subs. And they'd be double subs, wouldn't they? would be subs in every... And I wondered about them just wearing the rainbow stuff underneath, like uh, the Nazis in The Eagle Has Landed. That is uh, going to go over the heads of most of my very young audience, uh, which will be fine until one of the kids falls into the stream and one of the football players has to jump in and gets caught up in the water wheel and mangled. No? Okay, my references. Are, it's a great film. It's a very good film. Uh, look, we had a fantastic podcast last week that went out last week. This week's podcast is going to go out straight away as well to prove that we only do one a week. People started saying there's two a week. Last week it was Joe Lysett and this week it's going out. So that proves, proves that we only do one a week. Um, uh, and fantastic interview with Joe Lysett. Uh, t- he talked about the whole stunts got played out. Now I knew in advance exactly what was going to happen. <laughs> Been keeping it quiet. Uh, and, uh, and and a very moving interview. I don't know if you've heard of it. It was very moving. Uh, it covered a lot of stuff. Uh, the Birmingham newspapers ran with uh, uh, Joe Lysett says croissants are better in Birmingham than France. Like, that was the that was that was the big news story. <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. Um, so, look, let's crack straight on. We've got, uh, got quite a good guest for once. So, um, <laughs> let's see how it goes. He's probably best known for his appearance in 2014 on Big Brother's Bit on the Side. That is why we're here to see him. But what's he done since then? Nothing. Will you please welcome the amazing James Acaster, ladies and gentlemen. James Acaster. James Acaster. From Big Brother's bit on the side. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you remember, do you remember, uh, do you remember Big Brother's bit on the side? Dermot O'Leary? I do. Well, it wasn't Dermot O'Leary. Oh, wasn't it? it was uh, Emma... What's her name? Oh. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I'd said yes to... I remember thinking... I haven't watched it for years. I haven't watched it since the first one. Yeah. And yes, I thought the first one, that was fun. Yeah. And I didn't feel like watching it again but I thought Big Brother was pretty cool and someone asked me to do that I was like yeah it'd be fun I'll get to watch it again and, and like I'll catch up with it and then go on and talk about it and then I watched it and I was like oh it's fucking horrible <laughs> and like, I was like they're like deliberately manipulating these people and like tricking them into having like full meltdowns and it's really irresponsible and I got there and um, not normally, when you turn up on a TV thing, the first person who meets you is, um, is a runner. Someone who, you know, it's their job to you know, take you around, show you where the dressing room is, um, get you a cup of tea, whatever. Very nice people. Um, I thought that's who I was being met by <laughs> when I got out of the car. And you can say what you like to runners and chat to them. So they, they, they went, did you watch the episode? What did you think? I was like, it's awful, isn't it? It's horrible. <laughs> like, what they're doing now is fucked. And, like, they should have a long look at themselves, the people making this show, because I think it's, like, morally absolutely disgusting. <laughs> and they were like, OK, well, I'm the executive producer, and I'm... <laughs> cool. 
<laughs> and then they had to say, they, they sent someone in to talk to me before going, just going, all oh, that stuff you said, uh, don't say that on the show. We won't put that in if, we, if you say it on the show. So I messed around instead, but I still annoyed them because they, every time they kept going, like, they said, like, um, predictions of um, who's going to win. And I said, nasty Nick. <laughs> and they were like, okay. And then I went on to the next person, someone from Atomic Kitten. And then, like, and then they were saying, like, with each housemate, what's your prediction for each housemate? And going around each three, and every time it came to me, I just said, whoever it was was going to win. <laughs> And there was nine of them or something at that point. So by the time it got to me, she was like, mm, I wonder what this is going to be. Uh, I'd build up as if I wasn't going to say it. They're, they're going to win. And yeah. No one in the room liked me. <laughs> That's good. That's the way you have to play it. I, w- I did it when Dermot O'Leary hosted it. It was probably quite a long time before yeah. 2014. Yeah, yeah. But he, oh, it was quite unusual. I, it was, you know, usually that before you have the interview, you'll like meet the person who's sure. going to interview and they'll just have a chat through. Yeah. He literally, I went into the studio, he walked in, started the interview and walked out again and didn't talk to me at all before yeah. or after. That's exactly the experience I had right. with the person whose name I don't know. So, <laughs> Joe, what? I don't deserve to have, <laughs> have been met by them. That must be what they do with being Big Brother, just like they, they, to psych you out. Yeah. So you don't, they don't make friends with you. Really get in your I head. Was, I was the first person after Davina McCall to know that Nasty Nick was going to be evicted from the house because I was standing behind Davina McCall... At the canteen at LWT. And, old, and, and she got a call, and I said, and, and she was, oh wow. And I said, what's happened? She said, he's being evicted. So she died. Wow, that must so have I heard it from Davina McCall before the whole. That must of, have been very exciting, Richard. It was very exciting. <laughs> I mean, genuinely. It's a piece of history. Yeah, it's now, now it's like history. if you found out, you know, yeah. you know oh, he's, he's not going to run. Boris isn't running. <laughs> <laughs> it was like that. It was absolutely come exactly. a long way since. And uh, I met Nasty Nick. I interviewed Nasty Nick about poker on my poker chat show, Poker Zone, that... <laughs> from uh, about twenty. Must have been about twenty oh eight, twenty seven to two uh, thousand seven. What was he like? I can't remember anything about him. Really? <laughs> I can't, can't remember anything that happened. He probably says more about me and my life at that point. Yeah. Um, I mean, he didn't really do anything. You know, like he's nasty. He's Nasty Nick forever. He yeah. wrote, like, a, someone's initials on a piece of paper. He was a little bit bitchy. <laughs> a little bit bitchy. And now you look at where we are as a fucking society. You go on social media or whatever. You're like, oh, yeah, we all hated Nasty Nick. But now it's like everyone is just garbage. Yeah. <laughs> the way we speak to each other. Nasty's always... You can't escape that. Can't escape Nasty Nick, can you? He'll never get away from that. That'll be his whole life. That'll be what he's called at his funeral. Yeah. <laughs> is... We all remember Nasty Nick. I mean, when he dies, which is going to happen... Yeah. His whole funeral, there's going to be people trying to avoid bringing it up. <laughs> Everyone getting up to talk about it. Uh, and going, oh, it's what he's best known for. It's like, yeah, but you can't say it. He's, everyone hated him. It's called Nasty Nick. It's ruined his life. OK, I'll just do a eulogy about how much he liked poker. <laughs> Yeah, poker was a place, especially then, that just all the misfits went. Um, I interviewed the uh, coughing major from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and, and his wife, I think. I want to say his wife was there as well. I really liked I've kind of fancied his wife. Did you? I like a woman with a big nose, something to hang on to. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, she's got a really she a, impressive she a, conk on her. A great conk. <laughs> I, I remember... 
I remember her, but I, she it's, might not have even been there. I, you know, I, I, I think, guess I, I, think I, was, I think I must have been on drugs. Yeah. I don't remember being on drugs, but I think I must have been on drugs. There must have been a time where he was deciding how he was going to cheat, and yeah. someone said, your wife could sneeze. No, don't <laughs> fucking... That would take out the entire room. Have you seen the cock on her? <laughs> he was very insistent that he didn't do it. And uh, he was one of the people I slightly annoyed by go John McCrick, yeah. I would threaten to walk out because I was saying, you're only pretending to be childish. <laughs> you know, it's just again, but he, he was a real prick. I'm glad he's dead. He <laughs> <laughs> was an absolute prick. Anyway, we're not here to talk about me and my... You know, people are sick of hearing about the Poker's own interview shows. <laughs> people love that. News to me. <laughs> I don't know if you can watch them anywhere. Uh, I have been reading and, in fact, listening mainly to uh, James Ace Custer's Guide to Quitting Social Media, which, I mean, I, I want to say I'm, I'm very much enjoying it. Thank you. Before I say everything else I'm going to yeah. say. <laughs> it is an absolute fucking waste of my time. Yeah. <laughs> I would like you to put that on the front as, as the quote. Yeah. What an absolute fucking waste of I've seven quite... hours of my life. I've used a quote from you before from a book, yeah, so yeah. It should, people should be able to catch up and go, how's Richard Heaven feeling about it now? <laughs> Most of his time, this one. I have to say, when I was telling you backstage, it's made me laugh an awful lot. Uh, I was doing park run on Saturday for the first time in a little while, and I'm not particularly fit at the moment, and I was struggling, and I got to a bit that made me laugh so much that I was aware that I was running amongst lots of other people. I had headphones on. They couldn't see what I was laughing at. Yeah. So I was trying to run whilst really laughing, painfully laughing, and trying to suppress that laughter, and assuming that everyone around me thought I was about to keel over and die as a result. It was absolutely excruciating. Good advert for the book. Yeah, so I that. I would describe it as a novel about a man who decides to quit social media and retreats into a fancy world of madness. Um, yeah. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and uh, I think it is a self-help. It's described as a self-help book. And, and like, I w- I've looked at the reviews on Amazon. Lots of people love it, I have to say. And I do love it. I think it's fantastic. Uh, quite a few people are quite angry. Yes. More than anything I've ever done, this has made people angry. Um, I didn't expect it to make people angry. I thought I'd make it very clear that it was purely a comedy book and not a real self-help book or it wouldn't really contain my thoughts and feelings about social media I'll, I'll give it a stupid name that goes on and on forever I'll dress like an absolute piece of shit on the front cover and, and do all this and look like so it can't possibly be serious and there's a lot of people who are like well I, I, this isn't helpful at all and you're like, oh, try to flag it up, but fair enough. I mean, and then there are some people who haven't read it who get angry that how dare this comedian tell us how to live our lives. And you're like, <laughs> if you read it, there's a whole bit in it where I'm just like talking about a, po- a postman pissing into a moat that's got an eel in it, an electric eel, and the, and the current goes up into his pee hole and frazzes his knob. I don't think I'm helping anyone. <laughs> I'm not telling you how to live your life. <laughs> it's well, stupid. It is, it's the ultimate self-help book because you have to help. It doesn't give you any advice. You have to help yourself. Yeah. So I'll make got that a clear. I'll it. make that very clear <laughs> yeah. in the pages. It's very clear. Um, it's sort of you know, it's about it parodies um, 
both people on social media and both people off social media, as well as all literature, I would say. I would say it's a parody of... I'd say it was a parody of, of the written word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's fair. Um, I really liked... The bit that was really making me laugh today was... Uh, it's basically about behaving in real life as you would in social media. If there's, a, yeah. if there's any satire in it, that's the main... Yeah, that's, that's what... That, it's basically taking the, the whole thing of, like, you wouldn't do that in real life. Uh, it's taking that to the ultimate degree and just everything you do on social media and if you lived your life like that, what your life would be like. And it would be a stressful mess. <laughs> I very much enjoyed you reviewing things as they would be reviewed on Twitter. So doing it in a... It's in a parish magazine. Yes. Uh, but just to, to an actual review. I think I'd like to see this in yeah. newspapers. The review just being, oh, my God. Oh, what's he doing now? So just yeah. like as the, the whole tweet. thing, caps lock, yeah. as it's going on. <laughs> just like people tweeting along with TV shows. Yeah. Just doing TV reviews like yeah, that. it's great. And uh, doing it in my mum's uh, church magazine. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a strong recommend from me. Do, uh, list, do listen. I'd, I'd say listen to it because uh, it's always great to have James read it to you. It's like a special... More of, also, nice detail, if you do... I'm going to listen to the audiobook, is that um, for, like, the first two books I did, plus I did two other audiobooks for other things. I did School and Nutkin and okay. uh, James the Giant Peach. Okay. Pretty pleased with those. myself. Um, coincidentally, the same guy for all four, producing, working at different publishing houses and everything but he just happened to be there each time right. a guy called chris so i worked with him every time really got on with him he also like listened to my food podcast so he he knew my sense of humor so he got the books this is the first one <laughs> where it wasn't him and that guy did not find me funny <laughs> and he was on the other side of the glass for the whole <laughs> and that, and the amount of the stupid jokes that are so infantile and ridiculous and I've got to look over at him, and he's like, you happy with that? <laughs> <laughs> yep. When I did my audiobook first, then I did some extras for my audiobook, and mm-hmm. uh, one of the extras in my audiobook was me interviewing the puppet of my right testicle that I do a puppet right. show with yeah. to ask him about his part of the story. Yeah. And I'm very glad I did that last. <laughs> <laughs> because... The- I had to do it just on my own with the man who'd quite enjoyed the book. Yeah. Just sitting in the studio and he just <laughs> sitting through the thing and he just came and went, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As I improvised a conversation with her. Yeah. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I was just glad I didn't have this guy for the book where I reviewed albums for an entire book. <laughs> I don't think he would have liked that <laughs> at all. Um, let's see what else I'm going to talk to you about. And that's it. That's the lot. It's all over. Uh, so we let's mention uh, your uh, you've done a Kickstarter which has already succeeded. So congratulations on that. But tell oh, us yeah. about the uh, you're still there and people can still there's some there's some good rewards and stuff. But you're yeah. you're putting together an audio comedy drama audio sitcom? yeah or, yeah audio sitcom. So it's something that we could only do as an audio sitcom. It would only work as that. And had the idea for it years ago, 2014 actually, when I went on Big Brother's Bit on the yeah. side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But I'd, I'd done a show where I claimed to be an undercover cop for the whole show, a stand-up show, and um, wanted to do a podcast where that character of an undercover cop who's undercover as a stand-up comedian uh, has his own true crime podcast where he's sharing his wire recordings of the biggest case he's ever done with the audience. So it's a, it's a sitcom within a fake podcast. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what can people get for if they, if they do 
become Kickstarter. Is it, 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 well, it's so, not because it's like a hundred grand or something. You've, well, you're a bit under that. But you're you're a bit over that now. So you've, you've oh yeah, it was like eight, eight, eighty nine grand. It was meant to be, yeah. and now it's like over a hundred. So what are you going to do with that extra money? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> Unfortunately, we we basically when we asked for eighty nine, that was the bare minimum we needed to scrape through and make something. Yeah. So now we just get to make it better. Get to make it, which is annoying. Wearing. So I was like, we get to like. Have a really big party at the end now. <laughs> no, no, we don't, James. We got to pay everyone properly. What, what kind of what, what rewards can the fans get that uh, will be worth? Man, I'm I, I just talking to Lindsay about this, who's uh, the fantastic producer, executive producer. I don't know, we haven't even talked about titles on this, but um, uh, she's brilliant. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, what rewards. Uh, so I've got to sit down. I've got to write like thousands of postcards <laughs> to these generous pricks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I've got to do a bunch of like cameo style things. Yeah. I think that's capped now because you know, depressing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> badges, you know, that's not for like the big spenders. <laughs> um, also, there's like um, live performances that we're doing of like read throughs of the script at the Bill Murray, where we're like, you know, when it's still. Uh, when we're still drafting it and we want to try it out. So we're going to do a couple, two nights of that. And if people want to... I think that's still open, actually. If people want to donate, they can get uh, just a, a ticket to that. And also, Nish Kumar's going to interview me at um, the Just for Laughs Festival oh. uh, about it. And Nish is also in the uh, the sitcom. Right. So I'm um, going to try and get Nish to interview me in character. Although his character is called Nish Kumar. He's a stand-up, <laughs> he's a stand-up comedian. Who has a drug problem? <laughs> All the way. Well, it's, it's great. I think it's a great way of doing it. I was doing it, you know, years ago. Yeah. Now I think you know it would be it would be rude to, to do it now. Now you know we're making some money from the podcast, which presumably you are as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so no, it is a great. <laughs> it's a good way. It's nice to make sure everyone gets paid properly because a lot of things that go out online are, are, are you're just saying to everyone, "Come and do this." for two months for nothing yeah. So, yeah. I felt I did feel a bit weird about it because I was like I do have money but then I looked at how much money I was like I'm going to have to ask people to help me actually because <laughs> uh, we've got to pay everyone proper um, but yeah yeah well it's the, but it's the perennial thing like we've started not putting the videos of this out for free uh-huh. uh, which um, which we did for a long time so there's hundreds of free videos that cost us quite a lot of money to make but luckily people donated to but you'll still occasionally get people going why what happened to the free videos if you can get them for 62p each yeah if you do this no no way <laughs> but I'll, I'll never donate to wikipedia no. <laughs> i did it once yeah i've done it twice I did it once I'll, I'll do it and then they get worse if you donate they're like hey we remember you uh, in your, <laughs> you donated once so that you'll do it again right it's like motherfucker i thought that you would not do it i thought you'd leave me alone after this Giving you some money now, just continue to tell me facts. Yeah, they should put in there how much it is to never get contacted again. Yeah, Here, here's <laughs> the amount, and we'll leave you alone forever. Yeah, great. There you go. Have it. Whatever it is. That's good. Can't remember how um, much I gave them the first time. Good. Well, everyone should go. Can we? It's on James Acaster dot com. There's a link to it. Yeah. Uh, also, if you just go on Kickstarter and put in my name, yeah. it'll, it'll be the first thing that comes up. The podcast is called Springleaf. And uh, yeah, that's... it'll be out in twenty. 20- I mean, it's definitely going to happen now. So it'll be out it's definitely going to happen. I'm already writing it. I'm loving right. writing it. Very excited about it. And um, 
yeah, I mean, it's going to be all I'm doing for the next few months now. I'm kind of just trying to make it the main thing. Great. And are you, you're back doing stand-up. There was some sort of discussion that you were might not do stand-up again? Or well, there wasn't. Kind of really. I mean, it was, there was, like, some things where during lockdown, obviously all of us would get asked, every comedian would be asked, like, how are you coping not doing stand-up at the minute? And I'd just honestly be like, oh, I really like it. <laughs> I really like not doing it. Feels quite good. And they're like, will you, will you, will you do it again when it, when it opens up? I was like, at the minute, I'd gladly not do it again. But, <laughs> but I'd always say, but, you know... I might change my mind on that and I might do it in another two weeks I might want to do stand-up. But obviously, they'll cut that bit out of the interview (laughs) and just be like, he's talking about quitting. He says he's quit. So then when I started doing stand-up again um, this year, a lot of comics would come up to me and go, hey, heard you've come out of retirement. I was like, don't (laughs) tell people that. It makes me look like a prick if I'm like, oh, yeah, I retired. When? 2020. (laughs) I came back. Oh, yeah, 2022, I came back. (laughs) I was in retirement for a while, but now I'm out of retirement. So I didn't really. I, I was just like, I needed time away from it, and that coincided with a global pandemic. So <laughs> it worked out very nice. Pretty lucky. And you've just been in America doing, is it, were you doing new stuff or were you doing the. Yeah, new company? stuff. Yeah. So the show's called Heckler's Welcome, um, okay. and they're told they're allowed to do whatever they want. Okay. That's the show. And I've, got, you know, I've got an hour and a half of material that is all about why I'm asking them to do this and why I've decided that. But, um, yeah, the top of the show is just that they're allowed to heckle, they're allowed to talk amongst themselves, be on their phones, go to the bar, go to the toilet. I won't go, where are you going? Uh, when, when, if they stand up. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes I don't heckle at all. Sometimes the whole show, I get destroyed. Yeah. And it depends. That's an interesting way to go because you seemed certainly last time I spoke to you, you seemed annoyed by people wrecking your shows by yes. shouting stuff out. Yeah, I was really annoyed about it, really hated it, and that's why I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to go on stage anymore because uh, every time I work really, really hard on a show for ages and ages and ages, and all the work in progress crowd, crowds are brilliant because they're there, they love to see the process, and they want to see you making stand-up comedy, so they're great. And then you take it on tour. And uh, it's a fucking nightmare. And it's just people shouting out poppadoms or bread <laughs> repeatedly. Just, like, over everything. Doesn't yeah. matter what you're talking about. Talking about having suicidal thoughts. And they're like, cheese board! You're a cheese board! Right, great. Um, and, and you go, oh, I really worked hard on this show. And I, I seem to have worked hard on it to perform it to the worst people I could perform it to. And, um, you know, that tour was quite long. And by the end, I was like, I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of, like, going out there for two hours a night doing a show I've worked really, really hard on. And people heckle me, people talk amongst themselves. Always there's some people with their phones on just looking at their phone. You can see it lit up <laughs> while you're on stage doing a bit. And you, you're like, well, this, feel, this makes me feel like shit. And, um, and also, I would not keep any of those thoughts in my head. So, you know, pretty much most, most comics I know hate all of that stuff, and it ruins it for them. Yeah. But they don't all on stage go, do you know what? You're not probably the shittest crowd I've ever fucking performed to. <laughs> so I would do that every yeah. third gig if I was lucky. <laughs> uh, and just tell them they were a shit crowd and tell yeah. them this gig is rubbish and it, you know, single out individuals and be like, get off your fucking phone. And, uh, like, you know, <laughs> and it would be horrible. And I'd come off feeling even worse and mainly beat myself up about it and, and be like... Why you, you know, just, just go on and just do the show. Why do you focus on all the people who aren't behaving? Most of them are. Most of them are there to see it, want to see a good show. They've paid money to see you. So I'd really like give myself a hard time. 
And uh, at the end of the tour, because on every single tour that I've ever done, at the start, I'd be like, right, this is the tour where you don't do any of that. You don't tell them off. You don't do that. Here we go. And then I'd do it within the first month of, like, a, you know, whatever, six-month tour. And then you're like, right, well, that's, we're fucked now, and that's going to be the whole thing. And I got to the end of the 2019 one and was like, you just, this is never going to stop. They're always going to keep heckling you. They're always going to keep talking while you're on. They're always going to keep being on their phones. They're always going to keep showing up late and, like, um, being, like, cocky pricks when you ask them where they were. <laughs> like, it's the, the whole thing's not going to feel nice. So you either quit or you figure out how to deal with this because they're not going to stop. Yeah. And to stop, to, to kind of constantly think that they have to change when they are everyone in the world <laughs> is unreasonable. And you just have to accept, I, every now and again, I will get an audience that is the audience that I always think to myself, I hope I perform to that audience. Sometimes that, that will happen. And the times where it doesn't, you just have to accept that that's what's going on that night and you're there for work and you're getting paid yeah. and just, just do it. So because all the things I was scared of were all of those things, so it was like, let's do a show where they're allowed to do it all and you tell them they're allowed to do it all and let's see if that makes you feel better. I didn't know if it would or not. And just pretty much straight away, it just felt better. Because right. like, I'd say they're allowed to do it, so then it's like they're not being dicks then. Because yeah. like, they were allowed to. So when they do it, it's like, you know, you know some, some of them I talk to, some of them I ignore. They're told that at the top, that if I ignore you, it's not because I don't like your heckle or anything, I don't like you. It's just because, like, I uh, you know, doing something else at the time, I didn't respond to you. Uh, most of the time it is, if it's Poppadons or Bread or something, there's no point responding to that. There's no <laughs> funny thing to riff out of it, so you just ignore that and carry on. But um, it just didn't feel like anymore like they were being, uh, you know, I don't know... Uh, they were being dicks because, like, yeah, you made the rules that they were allowed to do that. And, yeah, it's an um, interesting way to go. I, I sort of find it interesting that it's obviously like a, it's a, it's a, it's a result of success, really. Because, like, for me, I just the people who come and see my show. <laughs> this is why I'm not successful. If, if you once you get to a certain level of success, a different audience comes. Right, people who come to my gigs just like my stuff and uh-huh. don't and don't generally sh- shout out. Sure. Um, I mean, I, you know, we'd have a new catchphrase that the audience can shout out. I think we can do it now if you want. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I might, that might start happening and ruining the show. But, you know, it's, it, it's sort of interesting because it seems to me you get over a certain level. Rich Hall was on and he did, in America, he did these things called Sniglets, I think they were called, that became very big on TV. Yeah. But you couldn't do them on stage. They were just like the, um, the meaning of lift, basically. You know, right, John, yeah. John Lloyd did where it was alternate definitions of yeah. the things that haven't got definitions. Uh, and he would go to gigs and everyone would just shout, do Stiglitz at him, and he couldn't do them and it just ruined every gig. Yeah. So he moved to England, you know, he moved to the UK where yeah. no one knew about it. Which was, but your stuff is sort of world, you know, because of the podcast, the success of Off Menu, it's worldwide success, right? So you're still getting that. And you've just been in America and people are shouting. Yeah, well, in, in America they know Off Menu, they know the Netflix shows and they know um, Taskmaster. Right. Um, Taskmaster's the main one. If you, like, don't ever gig it there, Rich. Okay, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> There's a Taskmaster as soon as you go on. Yeah. They just want to hear everything about Taskmaster. Why didn't you say hello to Alex Horn? That's what every gig. <laughs> and every time I go, because it was funny. I'm a comic. It was fucking thick. 
And that's what I'm trying not to do. So I have a go at them. So you would be a bit more playful. But yeah, they, they, will, they want to know that. But uh, yeah, so there's, there's a bit of that sometimes. But, is the um, Taskmaster just online, though, in, in America? Or is it on know. TV? I think it is. I mean, I, 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 went, I didn't ask them because they didn't want to talk any more about Taskmaster. <laughs> I'm heading out there. I'm the champion of champions. Mate. You are champion of champions. I wasn't champion of champions when I talked to you last. I might have been, but I didn't... No, no, yeah, yeah, you're champion of champions now. I mean... I mean no, I'd be like a god out there, right? You will be a god. I mean, I they, think... don't, they don't really I'm listen to my podcast. I'm pretty sure there. you're a fan favourite. <laughs> <laughs> I did it with one ball. That's the thing. That's why that should have turned them round. So did I, but I didn't make a big deal of it. <laughs> I did pop back in after the series. I mean, you probably... Took it out before the series <laughs> to make me more aerodynamic. Yeah. Put it back in afterwards. I thought you might have lost it when you were going around in circles. But yeah. Not when you hadn't read the <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let me ask you some emergency questions to get away. Actually, I wanted to, while we're talking about poppadoms or bread, um, how did it go with Richard E. Grant on uh, Off Menu? Did you have a nice time with him? Yeah, he let, he let us put it out. Yeah. Very nice man. Yeah. I thought he was a nice man. Yeah, he's very nice. Um, You know, we had to edit out some stuff he said about you. (laughs) But otherwise, it's good. I'd love to, if you'd... No one's... Because he was on Adam's podcast as well. Has he? I'd love to, you know... People ask him on Twitter a lot about why he hasn't put it out, so... Does he respond to that? No. No. (laughs) Well, I don't... He blocked me on Twitter, but I follow him from another account. He (laughs) blocked... He blocked you? Yeah. Why? What did you do? He blocked me on after he came on the show. It was lovely. People yeah. who were there, it was great, wasn't it? Yeah. It was absolutely... There was nothing wrong in it. There's nothing that he hasn't done in anyone else's podcast. Sure. Uh, he seemed lovely. Then the, his people said, can we hear, can we hear the yeah, podcast? I said, yeah. yeah. Uh, there was, it went a bit weird. I tried to direct message him and say, hey, you know, it was really good. I hope you're not worried about anything. Blocked me already. Great. 
already blocked. Yeah. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think, I do, you know. He obviously, just, you know, he just didn't like me. That's, that's the only... Oh, that the, much is very the, apparent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that, we don't need to scratch our heads about that one. <laughs> he definitely doesn't like you. But everyone else who doesn't like me still lets the podcast go out, right? Yeah, they let it go out. <laughs> and, 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 you know, often you learn why they don't like you, at least. Right, I'm going to ask you some emergency questions, but I'm glad, you, I'm glad it all worked out for you. This is a food-based one for you, because you like food, don't you? I do. What's the worst cheese that you'd still be prepared to eat? I mean, are you just you trying to get me to say knob cheese? <laughs> no, not at all, but that's interesting that you would be... that you would still be prepared to eat it. Give it a go. I mean, I, 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 I never heard anyone dying of that. Bit of smegma's never hurt anyone? No. OK. Good answer. <laughs> Let's... Uh, oh, look, I had... I, this was... Um, uh, something that came up from Jos Norris tweeting about uh, remembering as a child, he has a clear memory as a child, yeah. being able to shoot electricity out of his fingers. <laughs> yeah. And I have a clear mem- memory of going out and seeing the planet Saturn like as big as the moon in the sky. Wow. And a cool. couple of other things. Do you have any childhood memories where you look back at them now and you realise they can't, but they're vivid? I have a memory of floating down the stairs <laughs> in Banbury. <laughs> right. Uh, and just getting to the top of the stairs and just going, and then just down like that and then landing on two feet and then walking <laughs> okay. and not mentioning it to anyone. <laughs> walking into the living room and not saying to anyone, guess what just happened? <laughs> that happened. It's weird, it, was, it? it was real, yeah. Yeah. You got very, and you clearly remember it. It's a weird thing. Good, yeah. I'm glad it's a good one. Um, do you think your obituary photo has already been taken? <laughs> and what do you think it will be if it has been or do you think... I mean, most well, it depends when I'm going to die, doesn't it? It does, so, well, like, that's the point. Oh, it know, depends you think if it's gonna... already... If, if I'm going to die... If I die sooner rather than later, then, uh, yeah, and I hope it's... Um, uh, I hope it's, like, around... Between 20... 2017 to 2018. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was when I looked my best. OK. Yeah, yeah. Good. So I think I think the or, I think then. your greatest work is yet to come. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that'll be but that will be posthumous. That'll be posthumous. Go back. I don't think they'll go back to there. It'll be released after I'm dead. Still, I don't know if it was now. If you died now, if I murdered you now, yeah. I mean, they'd probably use a photo of us talking. You know, <laughs> yeah. If I just go and stab you now, they'll probably just just before the incident. Here's the. Yeah, there'll be something like this. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, there'll be a lot more photos of you, <laughs> I think, everywhere. There will be. I doubt they're probably... Like, we never saw this coming. That might not be the... When you die, they could posthumously release the Richard E. Grant episode. They could. <laughs> well, definitely when he dies. When he dies, it's coming out Fingers immediately. crossed he goes first. <laughs> I mean, he's moved agents. I reckon I could put it out. You reckon? We signed Talk a con- to the new agent? We signed a contract. He's gone to a different agent. I don't think the agent he's left will, will make us uphold the contract. There's legal loopholes, isn't there, of, like, you could, I think, go around with it, like, on headphones and play it to people individually. Okay. <laughs> I think that's legally fine. I do that. I read a book by a, a guy called Michael Burdett who um, found a lost Nick Drake 
tape in a skip. Okay. And he legally wasn't allowed to release it or put it out or play it in public, but he could play it to people on headphones. Okay. So he did that and took photos of people who were listening to this Lost Nick Drake song. I could do that and then just every now and again stop it and shout, Watch Now TV! Yeah, yeah. And then make some money off it. Yeah, yeah you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> I might do that. I think, um, I think you should make it that someone in this room can listen to it on headphones. Yeah. Like, well, I thought of getting just Limmy, who had, who's also fallen out with Richard E. Grant, but does an impression of Richard E. Grant. Does he? I could just write the whole thing down and we could just recreate it. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. They cannot get you they on that. They can't get me for that. I mean, because also oh, I can just tell... That's brilliant. I can also just tell all the story. I don't know what... They, you know, I don't, if there's, I don't think it was one bit, because we said, you know, I said to them, look, if we don't, if we, if we, if we don't put it, anything out, people will go on about it forever. Yeah. So just put... Even if it's five minutes long, let's put something out. Go, yeah. No, nothing. You've got to put it... Out, you've got to do that yeah. with Limmy. That reminds me of something that once I was on a WhatsApp group with it was just, just comedians and it was a really funny WhatsApp group. <laughs> um, and like, it had been going for about a month and it had been non-stop funny. <laughs> and everyone had their own little characters on the WhatsApp group that they were. And the most arrogant thing was when we started as a group of comics genuinely going, should we book out a theatre? And just all have the script of the WhatsApp. <laughs> and all take it in turns to step forward and... Uh, read the WhatsApp group out. And I think after that, it lasted about a week before. <laughs> no one was, like, going on there anymore. We felt too ashamed that we actually considered that for a second. Wow. Our WhatsApps are so good, we could charge for it. <laughs> we'll all play ourselves. should definitely do that. Let's do a double bill of me and Limmy doing that, and then and you me guys... Me and the WhatsApp group. Yeah, that'd be good. I'll text Um If... <laughs> if you could go into Chrysalis and dissolve and come out as anything you would like, what would you come out of, your chrysalis, out of the chrysalis as James Acaster? Probably The Rock. Yeah. <laughs> That's everyone's answer, isn't it? <laughs> no, not really. I think that would be most people's answer. No, it's your answer, that's fine. You'd like, like to be a big, beefy, handsome... Yeah, I'd like to not... I don't want star. to work for all that, so I'd like to just become mostly like him one day. Yeah. Do you think if you worked at it, you could become as rust- muscly as The Rock? I think anyone could. Mm, I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> I think I, I think could. he starts from a, a certain level. Yeah. But then he works it up from there. Well, I've just got to get to that level. <laughs> yeah, I and then I'll work up from there. I don't think you, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think you can get to the level. I don't think you can get to the... He starts as a pebble and then becomes a rock. I don't think, you're, I don't think you could get to be a pebble. You think, I'm a, you think I'm a little bit of gravel? I could, I could become a pebble yeah. and then get a rock. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think your comedy would be the same if you, uh, if you were very muscular? See how the hat thing show goes. That might change things. That might. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just killed a few people. Yeah. The first couple of people yeah, rip their head off and then the others go, okay. Okay. We better he shut killed. up. He killed them. <laughs> shut we up for the list. heckle him. Um, who is the most right-wing person you've ever been sexually attracted to? I don't know if I've asked you that. Right-wing? Right-wing, yeah. I've, I've been into both Pretty Patel and uh, Suala Braverman, but only when, they're, been, when they've been Home Secretary and been saying they want to deport people. <laughs> the minute they've lost their jobs, not interested. Not interested at all. Suala Braverman lost her job, not interested. Next week, got it back again, interested again. Really? Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah. Do you go to a therapy? <laughs> no. 
you want to bring that up to someone? <laughs> um, the most right-wing person. Ah, uh, oh, there was a photo of Princess Anne when she was younger. She oh, was yeah, she was fit. <laughs> She's, she was fit. And I don't. I mean, you know, I, I don't think I can say that a princess isn't right that right-wing. But she's very nice. She's I think very... by default, all of them are right wing. I, I think out of all, I of don't them... think you can be in the royal family. Uh, I mean, I know. And like... be left. I think it's impossible. I know we're. Comparing... I think if you were left wing, and you were in that fucking family, <laughs> and you continued to be in that family, you you, you, you can't. You can't, you no. can't be left wing and be in that family. She's nice though. I mean, but it is comparative to her siblings, but. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, nice. Jeez. Yeah, which, yeah, but fucking, yeah, <laughs> I would hope so. You know, she survived. She like uh, there was a kidnap attempt. Do you know about the kidnap yeah, attempt yeah. on Prince Andrew? Yeah, was she, she was very, she was really badass about it. Yeah, yeah good, good on it. But that's you know the epitome of right wing yeah. action films. So the young, the, uh, <laughs> the young Princess Anne. I think in the Crown, the young Princess Margaret. I mean, I think Princess Margaret would. If we're going to go, I haven't watched the Crown. Okay, because uh, I, I hate them all. Yeah. <laughs> They don't it's come the out of it particularly well, I have to say. Good, but like, still, I don't. I think I would just get angry. Yeah. I just think that if I watched The Crown, I would just get angrier and angrier, and because and, 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 and now it's so bad, we've made a fucking entertainment show about <laughs> it, but they're still in. We've still got a king and a queen. You talk to people from countries that don't have kings and queens, and you just feel embarrassed. You go, yes, well, the king, what? <laughs> Grow up. Do you live in Shrek world? Uh, I was annoyed that the, they had a whole episode about Michael Fagan, who was the guy who broke into the Buckingham Palace yeah. and sat on the end of the Queen's bed. Good and I'd heard that he wanked in her ear. And nobody else has heard, no, one else has heard, no one else has heard this story apart from me and some kids at Fairlands Middle School. But they didn't. I thought the crown... This is going to put the record straight. Yeah. <laughs> they chickened out. Didn't do it. They made him a very uh, rela- relatable and nice figure. Really? Think, yeah. It's, well, a, it's a good episode, but, you know, imagine if it just at the end he'd wanked in the Queen's <laughs> Yeah, that would have been great. Actually, I, uh, maybe I'll watch that episode. Yeah. Watch The Young Princess Margaret. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I yes. think you'll like it. Um, you are playing... Felix, talking of The Rock, you are The Rock. You're playing Felix the Ironmonger in Seize Them. That's true. Yeah, is, is, that, is it a cartoon or are you, are you being an Ironmonger? Live action, I'm an Lion, Ironmonger. They went for, to you for the Ironmonger? Yeah, yeah, they know <laughs> when they want a good munging. <laughs> I was the Ironmonger, I was there for an afternoon. Yeah. That's, that's how I like to do it. <laughs> yeah. Turn up, everyone else is like, you know, they're, they're just slightly frayed at the edges and they're gonna, they want to go home and you turn up in Wales and they put grease all over your face and then you just do the same scene over and over again for two hours and then go home. It's nice. Yeah, really fun. Is that coming out soon? Is it, is it out? I have no idea. Okay. I have is no it... idea when it's coming out I'll, and also, I'll hold my hands up here, I don't know what the rest of the film is about. <laughs> all I knew was that Lolly was in it. I was like, yeah, cool, you have to hang out with Lolly for a day. <laughs> so I said yes. Yeah. Got to chat to Nick Frost for a little bit. He, uh, that's why Nick Frost gets all the roles that I would get if Nick Frost wasn't there. I yes, be, I, I think I that's what they said, was yeah. that you were second choice. Yeah. Whenever I've auditioned for anything, Nick yeah. Frost has got the part. Is Nick, all I'm yeah, say. yeah. 
Sure. Well, I'm not saying everything he's done I would have got. No, what, what, what of his parts do you think <laughs> you wouldn't have got? <laughs> Most Maybe. of them, because yeah. he's, still, he's still alive, but for how long? That's my question. It'd be quite good if, if it was you and Shaun of the Dead, though, because yeah. you, you, <laughs> you probably wouldn't have improvised the N-word. <laughs> That's true. People don't like talking about that with Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> it's an absolute classic, I love it. That one bit, you go, oh, let's sort that out now, shall we? <laughs> let's go back and take that bit out. <laughs> and they go, it was improvised. Well, that's worse. This <laughs> is the first thing he thought of. <laughs> take it out. It was different times. Yeah, 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 but now's now, isn't it? Yeah, so now, isn't it? <laughs> you can snip it out now and put it out and go, the new edition. <laughs> That one joke, isn't uh, it? And no. also, you acted in Cinderella? Just a bit. What, did you, what, were, you, what were you playing in Cinderella? You were a mouse, were you? In well, Cinderella? listen, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah. Um, I, played, um, I played a mouse that turned into a footman. Uh, I've spoke... Huh? Fair enough. I, uh, I think someone was probably saying that's Beauty and the Beast, is what they were probably Oh, yeah, tell us all this time yeah, is Beauty yeah. and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't say it thinking I was referencing anything <laughs> at the time. <laughs> it's, just, it's genuinely a phrase I use a lot. Yeah. And when I, use, when I said it then and it got a bigger laugh than I was expecting, I thought, oh, shit, they think that I'm quoting Cinderella. Yeah. But I'm not. And some of them are going to be there going, that's Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. But I think just let those... They're the kind of people who would write angry Amazon reviews about yeah. my book. They yeah. <laughs> um, are. I... Got it two days before filming. Yeah, I didn't have to audition or anything. They had a dropout. John Mulaney had to drop out. Oh, because oh, he wasn't very. Yeah, it was, it was during that. And that's not a secret now. No, it's but not. like during that time, so we had to drop out of it quite, like you know, abruptly. And they were like, "Do you want to just come and play Cin- you know, a mouse in Cinderella?" Yeah. Uh, and I was really excited about that. Yeah, it's like because Sony have got the rights to it. It's going to be a jukebox musical. <laughs> this is great. I'm going to be like the, the next you know great greatest showman or whatever. <laughs> and um, it was me, Ramesh, and James Corden as the mice. And um, I looked at the call sheet and had all the names there. And it was like James Corden, James the Mouse, Ramesh Ranganathan, Ramesh the Mouse, <laughs> James Acaster, John the Mouse. <laughs> I'm like, everyone's going to know that I would, this was recast. <laughs> it's very obvious I'm not the first choice. It's like you've been in a film but you're playing Nick the Mouse or something. <laughs> I was like, we can't do this. Uh, and, and they were like, well, what do you want your mouse to be called? And I was like, Acaster. Because <laughs> there was already a James. And they, were like, and they went, okay, we'll do that. And then they didn't do it, obviously. And <laughs> the film comes out, John the Mouse on it. Also, we did hair and makeup and I was in hair and makeup for longer than the other two. They were just in and out and I'm there for ages. Like, why am I in... They had a whole different hairstyle for me. I was like, and then by the end of it, I was like, oh, that's John Mulaney's hair. They've, it's John Mulaney's hairstyle that they already had in, in the call sheet. That's what the, John the Mouse has his hair like. So I sat there and it made me look like John Mulaney. <laughs> Thank you very much to go and do that. But two days, it was a good laugh, and my mum really likes the film. Good. I haven't seen, I haven't seen it yet. Well, you know, with... sit down with the kids and watch I it, mate. It Disney. It's uh, no it's Sony, isn't it? So it's it's on Amazon, Amazon okay. Prime original. Okay, they're hard I'll, to come I'll by. Check it out. So look, you're big into music, which frankly, it, music bores me, and yep. I would I would be glad if all music was destroyed. 
Wow. As long as poems still existed. Poems? And people could still... <laughs> if you could still recite lyrics, and I'd allow it to be slightly melodic. Wow. I'd, allow, I'd allow a slight wow. melody to the re- recita- recitation of a poem. Right. Well, but otherwise, music's out. So we poetry. disagree on this, I think. Oh, everyone would disagree with you. <laughs> Whoever the poet laureate is right now would disagree with you. I like words. Music's, you know, it's all right. Yeah? Yeah. yeah fair enough. Um, but you... <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's only the best thing in the world, but fair enough. <laughs> Poems. Not as good as words, though, is it, when you think about it? There are words in music. Yeah, but the words are the good bit in music, that's what I'm saying. So take out the music and just leave the words. Just have the words. But that's what this is now. Yeah. I can't this see is better anyone. than music. Yes, this right now, this yeah. podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> pleasure to be guesting on a track with you. You have released a single. Yeah. Called No No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Called No No. Yeah. yeah. But it's like a serious like piece of music right it's not like a... yeah but also like i'm not taking myself seriously within it so the group's called temps there's like 40 people involved okay uh and i was the main person who was like organizing it um and you know it was originally uh, a way to pass time in lockdown and it was really fun to like send music across the internet to actual proper professional musicians and get it back and then mess around and send it to another professional musician and then the more it happened the more like I was like, oh, I actually really like this music. And they were really liking it, and everyone really got into it. And then, and then I had to start thinking about, well, if we release this, the problem here is that I'm a comedian. Yeah. And uh, every time I've seen that a comedian has released some music, I've not been excited about it. <laughs> um, I've assumed that it's going to be shit. So um, it's a bit of negotiation there with myself. I'm like, how do we do this? Do you release an album... And you take it really seriously, which is never a good look for a comedian. Yeah. Or, or do you do it as a joke album, which it does a massive disservice to these 39 other people <laughs> who have played on this thing. And it's clearly not a joke. If you present it as a joke, it's not going to be funny enough to pass as a joke. Yeah. So instead what I did was uh, I, made, I took everything seriously, but I myself dressed as a massive alligator with a pink <laughs> top hat on. <laughs> and I'm like, right, there's my part within that. Yeah is that I'm, I'm a party gator and everyone else still gets to be musicians. <laughs> and uh, I'm really happy with where it's ended up now. It's kind of, you just try not, to be, try not to be funny and not to be serious and just let it be what, what it is. And I'm, I mean, in all seriousness, I've never been more proud of anything I've ever done. Right. Like, this album is, like, my, the, the thing I'm most proud of ever. But I don't expect... Uh, that yeah, you know, I don't know how it's going to be received by people at all, because we saw how me writing a comedy book got received. <laughs> people weren't expecting that for me, apparently. <laughs> so doing an experimental music project <laughs> might be a bit jarring to people, but um, yeah, I loved it. It's good. I think it's um, you know, it's sort of it is that I, I as a comedy fan, and I remember when I was a kid, I was all I always thought it was just weird if. People went, even doing a comedy, I think, you know, I think there was, th- people did sort of comedy music things, but you could see they really loved doing the sure. the music and they weren't really good enough to do the music, right? Yeah. So, and, and, and that, and there's loads of great musical comedians that I love, like Tim Minchin and Bill Bailey, yep. who are absolutely fantastic. But they're, you know, so it's not, I suppose it's just when someone who's a comedian 
sort of gravitate. You feel they would rather be a musician than a comedian. I think being a comedian is much better than a musician for the reasons I've yeah, yeah. given you just previously about, Definitely about my feelings about wrong. music. Yeah. Um, being a musician is better. Um, but, I mean, crucially, I'm not singing. No. On this. Okay. Which I think is the main thing. When you tell people you do, so when you're a comedian and you go, I'm doing a music project, I was like, oh, fuck. If he's singing on this, if it's like him and an acoustic guitar and he's singing about being in lockdown or something, like this is going to be awful. And, uh, and then it's like, no, don't worry, I'm not singing. I play drums on it and I've produced all the tracks, but everything else is played by people whose job it is to be musicians and they've actually put effort into it and yeah. that they, they want to do it. It's not a joke to them. Um, so it's like, it's not like, that's why the group's called Temps, because it's not. James Acaster yeah. doing music. So something I'm involved with and I've like, you know, I've done the bulk of the organisation for it and I've produced it, but like, it's not like, you know, this is my thing. I'm the face of it because I'm the one who's happy to do all the promo. Yeah. And you were in bands before you were a comedian. I was, to be fair. Yeah. But, you know, I ho- hopefully it'll just speak for itself and that'll be it. Yeah. But, you know, I know that currently you're all thinking it's going to be shit. <laughs> <laughs> Temps. The, 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 uh, What's the album? The, is the album called? The album isn't out yet. The album okay. comes out in the spring. And I don't think I'm allowed to say the name yet. Okay. Got a fucking label involved, mate. <laughs> I've got you here and people have started fucking heckling my show. That's started asking their How own questions. Like Feels good. But the track's your own question. I ask the fucking questions in this, David Frew. Just because I know your name doesn't mean you can ask what the... <laughs> Being a comedian is better than being a musician, definitely. The no. best job in the world. It was just easier. It's easier to be a comedian. Is it easier? Yeah, it was easier to be a comic, so I did it. It's interesting that you you've done your show about uh, your book and your uh, BBC Sound Show about 2016 being the greatest year for music. But it feels to me like you came back to music in 2016, yeah. partly, right? So yeah. you hadn't really listened to much. Yes. Do you think? psychologically, there's something that was going on in your life in 2016 that made music more important to you, so that's why you feel this. Because it's clearly nonsense that one year's better than that. It's all just bang, yeah, bang, mean, bang, isn't it? The whole... <laughs> I mean, the whole book of the whole podcast that I did about 2016 being the greatest human of all time... Yeah. ...all starts with... I had a breakdown. Yeah. <laughs> and so this is why. But, so, yeah. so music's, like... Yeah, but that's where music's fantastic. Yeah, but it's subjective, isn't it? So that, 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 the reason why I've always said it's the greatest year for music of all time is because my favourite type of music fans uh, to wind up are the ones who think there's a definite... Yeah. These are the best albums. This is the best year. Blah, blah, blah. So when you say 2016 is the greatest year, they all go, 1971! <laughs> and they get angry. And you go... And what's fun about it is that I've bought over 700 albums in 2016. So every time they get angry <laughs> and they start listing albums and I'm like, OK, that's five. I can give you 700, mate. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, because there weren't 700 albums out in, in 1971. I was like, well, oh, that sounds pretty shit to me. <laughs> that doesn't sound very good. Not many even came out that year. And they're like, oh, but they were so influential. It's like, yeah, all, the, all these albums are really influential. You just don't know them. You're, you're not up to, with current music anymore. <laughs> and then they really get... But it's, and that's the good thing about it, I think, as well, because so many people think that, you know, don't equate the best year of music being when they were 18 and their life was sure. really exciting and fun and now yeah. they're 55 and their life is meaningless. Yeah. 
They've stopped, they're 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 they've stopped listening to music. Yeah. So that's why. And so for me, it was rediscovered. You know, I, I just had the same albums that I'd always listened to. And then I suddenly got into new music and realised there was all this incredible stuff being released every single day. And I just wasn't aware of it. And actually, it's all incredibly exciting because it's moving things forward right now. And it's new sounds right now. And this is great. And it's really funny when you talk to someone who just wants to listen to the music that they listen to in their 20s and that's it. And they try and argue you on it. Like, their argument holds any water whatsoever. <laughs> but they're like, no, no, because the stuff now is rubbish. Do you listen to it? No. <laughs> but I, well, you know, then your opinion is invalid. Yeah. I've, I've listened to the albums you've said, and I like them, but not 700 of them. <laughs> But do you think the same is true of comedy? It feels to me like comedy is in a much more exciting place now than I, I think it yeah. maybe has ever been in. And like, so, yeah. like some of the, you know, I think your last special is one of the best things I've ever seen. Joe Lysett's <laughs> last special. <laughs> Joe Lysett's special is like, a, you know, on another level as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, it, it's, there's, and there's lots of different things coming through. And again, lots of people throw back. The thing with comedy is you throw back to comedy and, most of it doesn't work. If you go back, let's go back to 1970. And, oh, no, let's not. Doesn't stop a lot of people from <laughs> suggesting it. <laughs> it a lot of suggestions of it. Every time you talk to anyone, fucking... What do you think of comedy now? Because you can't say some stuff now, can you? Actually, you can say more than you used to be able to. Because more people are allowed to do it. No, but... <laughs> Well, you're, you're, you know, you're the start of your show where you take the piss out of the, the guys who say, you know, who say the unsayable and talk about... Yeah, that hasn't backfired. <laughs> you would think it would do something to stop that happening. You know, it's kind of such a recognisable trope. Yeah, You'd well, think those guys would go, oh, fuck, that's a, we are a bit embarrassing. Let's not... I feel like an idiot for doing that bit. Do you? Yeah. All I've done is promote Gervais. That's all I've done. I thought, oh, this is a good bit. It's just watertight. This makes my point, blah, blah, blah. All that happens is that every, uh, every time he does anything like that, the clip does the rounds, which just promotes him. <laughs> if I'm interviewed by anyone, they don't mention him in interviews and they make him the headline still of my interview. Yeah. He just gets, he's just got more promo out of it. Anytime you mention a comic by name and you want to call them out for stuff, all the press really care about is like shifting you know getting clicks and all that so they just make him the headline because he's massive so he just gets bigger and bigger and bigger off of doing this material and like the narrative obviously from his side and from his fans is that he's being silenced and that is not the more he does that the more his stock goes through the roof because he's being getting free promo all the time like i did an interview recently and they asked me about like would you ever work with a comic who you fundamentally disagreed with and I was like, well, it depends what it, what it was. Um, but probably if I thought what they were saying was like, pretty dangerous, then no, I wouldn't work with them. Um, but yeah, if I just disagreed politically or whatever with someone, I probably would still work with them. That was it. And the headline was James A. Castor and why he would never work with Ricky Gervais. <laughs> and you're like, oh, what the fuck? Also, you talk to these journalists beforehand, and they're often quite progressive people who are like, oh, well done on that bit or whatever. Yeah. And you're like... If you want to get rid of that stuff yourself as a journalist, stop pulling this shit. Like, stop making it about Gervais every five seconds. And I know I've said his name a lot. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, I, feel, I just feel like an idiot for doing that routine the way I do. You know, I still stand by the logic of why I, why I named him because um, the whole point was you're comfortable about making fun of this group of people, but you're not comfortable making fun of this guy. Yeah. So what does that say? But, like... 
all that's fucking happened is that he's got more and more uh, clicks and there's been more stuff towards him. So, yeah, I feel, I think he would, feel like yeah, a bit of a fool. I think he would have done all right anyway. I don't know, man. <laughs> Who knows? He's very... Uh, I'm so, I find him so... You know, well, we're talking. Um, <laughs> we're talking about just in case I get him on. Uh, it's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Papa, I'm so bad, Ricky. I can't wait to ask him that. <laughs> Um, did we ever talked about your? We're going to wrap up soon, but have we ever talked about your uh, you being a Christian child, a Christian boy? Yeah, well, I don't know if we have talked about. No, it, it's yeah. quite because I was brought up as a Christian as well. Yeah, like, um, and not, I think maybe you. It sounds like maybe you were more so than, or your family was more so than mine. Was it quite serious for your family? Maybe it was like it was like a you know like a community centre church with no particular denomination, right. rock band, uh, cool vicar with one thumb in the pocket, it's like, you know, <laughs> doing a sermon, uh, uh, everything was groovy. And, um, but, you know, there were definitely, like, uh, downsides to the church that I wasn't, like, aware of as a kid. And then when I grew up, I kind of saw them a bit more. And, um, yeah, it's, it's mad. Like, like, definitely, I would say, uh, my pa- I've always said my parents are really good examples of people with faith and they're very like they don't judge other people they adapt and change their beliefs as they go on as well and are progressive and uh so they've always like being raised by them is great and like really like i think just had a lot of positive effects on me but being raised in the church in a cfe school even in the scouts which is like even weirder in terms of christian stuff um i think that that like took a lot of like flushing that out my system, yeah. uh, and all the obviously just all the cliched stuff everyone goes on about feeling guilty about everything, thinking everything's your fault about stuff. Like a lot of that, I what, talk about it a bit. What in, point did you? What point did you start? Because I remember questioning it quite early. Oh, I questioned it early, but I really stuck with it, trying to convince myself. I think somewhere in my early to mid twenties, I completely right. went okay. I've let it. But it was gradual. Right. It was really just bit by bit. And maybe I don't believe in this bit now, and I don't believe in hell. That seems a bit horrible. And I don't believe. And then just gradually, 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 until uh, all I was left with was the sexism and homophobia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's. I mean, because mine's my. You know, it wasn't a groovy church we went to. It was a kind of. C of E kind of quite old fashioned. Yeah. So my and, and similarly my parents. So I think both. I've tried to. My my plan with my father is to just get to just the point he's about to die and convince him that God doesn't exist, so that if he dies and goes to heaven, he won't get in. <laughs> Even though he's lived a perfect like yeah, Christian that's, that's life. That's a good prank. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm trying to convince them. I think my mum is less into it now than she well, was. Well, I think anyone they're, who's but a they're proper... very good people. You know, they are very good. people. Yeah. I think most people who are proper, proper, devout Christians in the sense that they really commit to the whole, just literal thing. If there's a heaven and a hell, they're fucked. Because <laughs> they're not good people. And I, that will be funny. <laughs> yeah. So that's the only reason I would hope there's a heaven and a hell, is that anyone who lived by the letter to the book and is like, uses it as an excuse for being homophobic, for being sexist... Or being judgmental and all kinds of shit. I hope they do get there and go, I did it by the book. And they're like, Yep, you're a cunt. And they're like, <laughs> Down. That's the only reason. 
I would like that to be true. <laughs> it would be pretty funny. Even though I would know that I'd probably be going to hell too. It'd be worth it to go down with them. I'd yeah. be falling at the same time. I just, you know, it's can't, it can't be that bad hell. No, it can't be that bad. It can't be that bad. No, why not? Because, <laughs> you know, you just after a while it wouldn't matter anymore, would it? You'd just been in agony. I worry it would always matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I worry that it would matter for all of eternity. Yeah, that seems And uh, I would, then that would really sink in early on. Yeah. How long this is going to matter for. And that would make it worse, that yeah. knowledge. The knowledge it was going to be. That this is it. never going to be okay and normal. I'm never going to be blasé about this. The instant I get okay with them shoving hot pokers in my eye sockets, yeah. they're going to up the ante and do something even more fucked to me. But if the devil is against God, why yeah. does the devil willingly yeah. run God's penal system for him? Yeah, completely. just doesn't make any sense. I think you'll get down there and you'll go, well done, mate. And he Come punishes the people who didn't follow God. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like the biggest God lover in the world. <laughs> he should be like, welcome. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks for not doing any of that stuff. I really appreciate it. That was yeah. my mission. I don't like him and the way he runs stuff, so thanks for not doing that. He should be punishing the people who did follow God. Yeah, exactly. Really. He should be grabbing her out of heaven. Yeah, and going like, I, I said no! <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Right. I mean, it doesn't make sense, does it? That's no, the, I don't think it's a real. A tiny child can see it. Someone getting to 20 and still believing some of it must be a fucking idiot. Yeah. Um, I was really, really heavily convincing myself for all of that. It was, uh, it was some t- I read a book by a guy called Ravi Zachariah. Right. Really tried to convince myself with that book. It was like... I can't even remember. There was like just loads of little stories of stuff in his life, and he'd go, "Do you see what happened there?" He'd, like little <laughs> allegories and stuff. And I was like, really gripping onto it. Yeah, I, well, I think you know. You realise actually, he just seemed like a nice man who met some nice people and told me people were nice. Yeah, mm, he seemed like proof of anything. <laughs> I think I still, you know, I was it, once it's ingrained in you in childhood, it's really hard to. Shift it. So even when, well, even when I did Christ on the bike and I was thirty-three, yeah. there was part and part of me. You're in trouble. Thinking, thinking I'm, yeah, I'm gonna be in Should, trouble for this. Be doing this. Yeah, yeah, gonna be in big trouble. Yeah, well, still, yeah, still. Sometimes if I say Jesus Christ, I think I'll stop saying that as much, James. <laughs> Tone it down a little bit. Yeah. Um, look, are we gonna are we gonna see this the the show in the UK? You're gonna be doing the show that you've just yeah. I just yeah. I had a phone call about it today. I try and sort out. I want to do residencies and not a tour. So I want to do okay. little like three or four days in different cities and do that next year. So we're gonna try and figure out probably the second half of next year and first half of next year. Occasional like London work in progress, working it up because it's still not where I want it to be yet. But yeah, hopefully. And you're gonna write another crazy book. I don't know if I'll write another crazy book okay. just yet. I've got no book plans. Okay. Writing, writing wise, it's the audio sitcom and just really focusing on that. I've got an album to promote because I'm a musician now. No, you're a musician. And, uh, and I'll, 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 do, I'll do this live show. That's it in a minute. That's enough. And off menu. I'll still do off menu in bed, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, course. yeah. Um, well, Pays look, the bills, I'm, very, I'm sure your bitch photo hasn't been taken yet. Because I'm going to let you live. Thank you, Richard. Uh, <laughs> I've decided to let you live. It's a new feature of the show. If I don't like the guest, I kill them at the end. Wow, you should have yes. told me that before <laughs> it came out here. It's, it's pretty cool. I have made fun of you for Taskmaster. <laughs> and, um, you know, what you. It, like, even looking back, I was just looking back and thinking, you know, I love that jury duty sitcom you did. Like, there, there's, oh, thanks, there's been stuff all the way through that has been just, uh, you know, it's 
Chef's Kiss. Very kind. Um, Thank you. But uh, I love the Chef's Kiss bit in your book. Uh, so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, that is a good bit, actually. <laughs> that is a good bit. It's a good Chef's Kiss joke in the book. <laughs> and it's. Um, Thank you very much for coming on again onto our What's the chef's fun- kiss joke? It's about someone who... They, date, they, date, they dated a chef and the chef insisted every time they kiss them, they kissed them on yeah, the... Yeah, every time you date a chef... It's very good. Yeah. Um, it's a very... Look, it's a brilliant book, you can, but don't put that it's a brilliant book. Don't take that and put that on the front. Say the thing about it being... Yeah, it's a waste of your life. Waste... <laughs> it is a waste of your life. But all books are. That's why it's a... Br- all books are a waste of time. Everything's a waste of time. Yeah. We're just wasting time here. <laughs> thank you for wasting it with us. Uh, thank you very much. They're the amazing. James A. Castle, and gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be back next week. been listening to Rahalastapa with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, James Acaster. Thank you so much to Scantregard for playing this music. I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I'm also indebted to Chris Evans. Not that one or that one or that one. Thank you very much to the Leicester Square Theatre for having me. It's been quite good. Uh, thank you also to Kathleen McKeegan for her fantastic website, Rahalastapa.com. That is an invaluable research tool for me. Uh, this is a Sky Potato Fuzz and GoFuzzTheStripe.com production. Why not listen to another episode of Rahala Serpa right now? Go on, what else are you going to do? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thanks again for listening to the podcast. RichardHerring.com slash ballback slash tour or RichardHerring.com slash gigs for all of the information on the tour. GoFasterStripe.com for lots of downloads and books and lots of fun. 
Thanks for listening. Go and listen to another one. Tell your friends about the show. Tell your friends about the tour. I love you all. I'm out. <laughs>